I won't be able to use that, but I wish I I'm could. Sorry, I know. <laughs> Joe, how do you say it in Japanese? And how do you say it in English? Thanks, man. Are we ready? I do believe we are ready. Welcome to the season finale of Writers Read Their Early Shit. Conversations with authors and artists about the lopsided pleasures of their pre-developed, over-early, unripe work. I'm Jason Emdy, recording tonight in Gifu, Rock City, Japan. And it's time the tale were told about this episode's guest co-host. Born in nondescript, black-and-white, war-torn Nottingham in the East Midlands to Irish parents, who never put any pressure on him to succeed, he distinguished himself at school by getting demoted from more classes than any other pupil and leaving with no qualifications. While the rest of us were slobbing away in various fast-food kitchens, having looked for jobs and then found jobs, this one spent most of the 1980s unemployable and not going out because he didn't have a stitch to wear. Days before his 17th birthday, he unaccountably strolled into a bookshop, bought two books, went home, and was stunned to discover, at last, the English language. Ever since, he's been addicted to reading like other people are addicted to crack cocaine on steroids on meth. He has an artistic temperament, and, he claims, no artistic ability. But he could be the single best-read person I know. When I first met him, he was drinking white wine out of a Pringles can and performing cunnilingus on a paperback copy of Martin Amos's Time's Arrow, and we instantly bonded over our loathing for Jan Martel's Life of Pi. Since then, we've been through a lot together, and most of it was his fault. To the rest of the world, he's Stephen Aloysius Barnabas McKenna, but to me, he's Tom, the walking, talking reminder of the truth that freedom is the possession of nothing. Tom, welcome to the show, man. Thank you. Uh, I'll do my best. Okay. And cheers. Thank you. All right. It's nice to have a... And this is only the second in-person interview of the whole season. Who's the first? Joe. Oh. <laughs> I've got some questions for you before we get into... Interestingly, my early shit. Okay. First off, what is the funniest book you've ever read? Oh, I'm not sure. I mean, I find lots of my name is really funny. Mm -hmm. I, even Nabokov, I'm sure I've got something that's just basically funnier than them. Um, it, it may be even just something. Was it um, a film called? No, a film, a book called Are You Experienced? which was written, not a great book, by somebody, the man, his wife, wrote Hamnet. Hmm. It's the same something Sutcliffe, not not Peter Sutcliffe. But, no. no. But Stuart Sutcliffe or something like that. No, no, it's not he either. He was the Beatles, wasn't he? Well, it was one of those Sutcliffe's <laughs> anyway. But it, 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 was called, it was about somebody uh, going to India, trying to find himself. And it was about pretentiousness. Hmm. And uh, making jokes about a couple of middle-class white kids going on their year out. And that was just funny mm. you know but it's that it's probably something better I, I don't want to be too pretentious and say a certain chapter of Ulysses or something <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah all right what's the saddest book you've ever read um no mine's more like poetry I think okay that's, but, um, that counts because I think um I, uh, I think with with novels usually I can keep a distance with my, with them, thinking this is really a fictional character. Although I recently did reread um, Anna Karenina, 
There's one part about the character Levin and his brother that was on the bus and it, it got me completely. Yeah. yeah. Did you break down on the yeah. bus? Yeah. You know, but luckily at the back, of the, you know, mm. I usually break down. Right. And nobody noticed. <laughs> you usually yeah. break down at yeah. the back of the bus. But I think now, isn't it? That it's um, poetry that, that really nails it and brilliantly about people we've lost usually. Mm. Yeah. More than anything else. You know that that kind of. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, the older we get. The yeah. more powerful that stuff yeah, it becomes. The sure. easier it is, uh, and then it makes sense now, which it didn't. You right, know? you try to read that when you're 16 or yeah. whatever. You yeah, because right. I got this thing recently where I said to somebody that when I was at university, my I was a mature student because I obviously was so unqualified. It took me a long time to get there, um, but I went back after my father's death, and we they were doing Hamlet, and suddenly I realised it was about death. Mm -hmm. And it's about the way you see your father mm -hmm. and losing a father. Yeah. And before that, it just been about being depressed and indecisive. So that's the great thing about literature. You, you, the good stuff, we, it, it develops with us. Yeah, you and know? you can go back yes. repeatedly and, and, yeah, and see things yeah. and see, I know that person now that I didn't know when I read it first yeah, time. Yeah, 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 exactly. Um, which, which writer, living or dead? Yeah. Would you most like to punch in the face? I hope you go. That way. Okay. <laughs> oh, look, I mean, we're, I, um, I'm trying to be nice now as I get older. You know that about things, but God, Jan Martel would just get. I wouldn't punch. I'd use a baseball bat on him. <laughs> You'd bludgeon him. Yeah. yeah. You know, but, um, part of just envy about how fortunate he is because he won the Booker Prize with an absolutely dreadful book, mm. and it was just awful. And he got just really lucky. And, um, and very rich. And very rich. And then they made a film adaptation of it, which obviously is one of those situations where obviously the film, which is not great, is better than the book, mm. which it couldn't a fail to thing. be. Yeah. yeah. But it couldn't fail to be. And that probably increased his sales. And we know this is a man so bad. When he attempted to publish his next book, the publishers thought it was so unreadable and so appalling, they, asked, they, they couldn't, you know. But then the one he eventually did get out was, was easily the worst book by a living writer, is it, what's it, Beatrice and um, Virgil and Beatrice? Virgil. Right, yeah. Yeah, it's just awful. Yes. And, he, you know, he's just stupid and pretentious <laughs> and he just and goes boring. and boring, uh, can't write characters at all and uh, his prose is really bad. Yeah. You know? Back to no style, right? Yeah, nothing, yeah. It's just yeah. awful. So. Yeah. <laughs> but when you came to Bludgeonham, yeah. You know, you show up at his house to bludgeon him with your bat. I'd be there already like, with a crowbar <laughs> and a hammer. What do you think, in your opinion, yeah. are there any good movies about writers? Because I know you're a movie guy. I know. And again, uh, I can't think of one. I mean, in, in, off the top of my head, I mean, the strange thing, I'm thinking of, instead of a musician, which is um, Lewin Davis. Mm. But that's like a great a great film about a failed musician yeah. who just misses out at the same time that the great musician is about to, to emerge. But writers, no, I'm usually disappointed. I don't know if I'm a bit disappointed by biopics that always tend to have a, a, a kind of a template, isn't it? A certain way that it's always... Yeah, made. then they get addicted to drugs and yeah, yeah. they kind of have the, the rehab scene or the, yeah. you know, it's always Ray Charles thrashing on a bed yeah. for five minutes and then... Sun comes up and he's clean. Yeah, yeah I know. Do you know any good one about writers? Oh, we do. Uh, remember, there was quite a good film, really, about um, David Foster Wallace. Um, yeah, that one's pretty good. It is. But, but what they did wisely is they, they took a certain section of his life. Yeah. Like somebody interviewed him yeah. going on a tour with him. Yeah. And that was a... That one is quite that's good. That's good, yeah. 
Um, Naked Lunch. It's weird, isn't it? It's weird. Yeah. But it's also about writers and yeah. sort of good. I mean, I have you ever seen, seen it? I, I saw it when it first came out. Yeah. And uh, you I don't was remember completely it, lost. Did. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's right. what I remember. It's tough because writers are, they don't do anything but sit at home and write. You know, that's not interesting. Yeah. There's no movie there. You know, on the road, they tried to make, you know, mm -hmm. I mean, but even that comes down to the tiresome scene of him. Oh, now he's inspired and he's typing away and it's yeah. glory forever. Yeah. Yeah. Mishima, actually. I've never seen Paul that. Schrader. I haven't seen it since it came out. I saw it in an art house cinema in my local t town, but it, it, it seemed, I know at the time, because it was an American film that looked like an art house European film. Yeah. And I remember they looked at how weird and right wing Mishima was alongside taking beautiful scenes from novels. Yeah. You know, and I remember, wow. and I think a lot of the, the scenes of, of, of his life were in black and white with beautiful color based on the novels. So, so I've never read anything by Mishima. I always feel like the one about Kinkaku. I should. Kinkaku, yeah. yeah. He's, uh, for me, he's the Japanese Dostoevsky, oh, no. which is to say his life is much more interesting than, than the work. Again, that may be partially a translation problem, mm. but I don't think so. Mm. The, get ready for an avalanche of handsome, muscular, sweaty, young army guys committing ritual suicide. That mm. happens a lot in, in porno detail. Oh, right. Yeah. Oh, no. So if that's, you know, that's your thing. <laughs> You'll be, you're, you're in, man. Uh, I was going to ask you who you would pick to write your biography. Um, but yeah. I'm going to write you. <laughs> yes, I'm going to do no, it. Not Yan Martel. <laughs> no. Um, he's dead. Remember, we beat <laughs> yeah, him to death at the start God. of this episode. Yeah. Uh, but I'm going to title your biography uh, using a Smith song or lyric. Yeah. What do I need to use? It's easy. The most inept that ever stepped. <laughs> Wow, you had that right I at your know, fingertips. Because that was me. That, 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 you know, um, another thing that's great thing about uh, people articulating you is through music, you're great lyricists. And, yeah. And uh, but again, about what's the great thing about books is that um, it's a great release. You don't feel lonely. And I think when mm. I first re um, read books, I was just lonely, unemployed, unemployable, uh, depressed, you know, and I thought, I, and start wallowing in self pity. But then you start reading stuff and go, it's not just me. And this then person uh, articulated how you felt, mm. which was a release in itself. Yeah. And also through music. Yeah. Uh, you know, so the most inept that ever stepped. You know, like, yeah. oh, God, that's me. You know, and I would have put money on either The Good Life is Out There Somewhere. Yes, which I also would be my second. If, if, if the publishers turn out oh, that first they one. They want volume two? <laughs> yes. <laughs> the, 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 the joyous yes. second volume. The success yes. in Japan. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. Yeah. Um, okay, last question. Oh, actually, two, two more. Um, what have you read recently, and by recently, say in the last year or mm. so, that has really knocked you out? Oh, um, maybe Hamlet. Yeah, yeah, because me too. which you recommended. Yeah, um, yeah, which was you felt completely in the pl in the place, and and again, it was about losing a child, you know, yeah. and um, she brilliantly ends it as well related to his work and I relating to what I talked about before about father remember me you know, yeah that kind of thing um, that was wonderful yes yeah. and beautifully written again sentence by sentence yeah such a pleasure yeah. to read yeah nothing that strange was going back is something we both had a different experience which was um on the not on the road the road mm. by 
Cormac McCarthy. But yeah, um, uh, but again, because it may have changed by having a, a son, that the first time we both read it, it it, it was oh, we loved the simple prose and it, kind mm. of, it held our attention. But I remember you thinking, I, I, the ending doesn't work for me. And and but later you reread it, uh, moved and apologized to somebody who you criticized the ending to. It was me the last time I read it, it I, because when I with a child, a son there, it was terrifying. Mm. It was it was gripping in a way that it wasn't the first time. Yeah, you know. Um, but that that's um, is it, we said once. Um, Foster Wallace said, "There's um, Pavlovs." I mean, sometimes related to literature or art. Yeah. That sometimes something moves us or affects us or means a lot to us. Not necessarily because it's the best thing ever, but it has certain kind of connections. It's because we've brought something to it yeah, yeah. that isn't necessarily in the in the piece. Yeah. But those count too. Yeah. 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 Um, Maggie O'Farrell, isn't it? Who wrote Hamlet? Yes. Yes. And is married to... to, to, to do you right. Married married to okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, Do you ever... I don't know if despair is the right word, but do you ever think I, I could easily spend the rest of my life rereading what I've read already? You know, I'm now. <laughs> yeah, I, you know, not only the books I really enjoyed and 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 go back to for pleasure, but yeah. also, you know, what did I miss? In, and except for Dostoevsky, but yeah. you know that I might get something out of this. I get this with it's much easier with albums, right? You put on an album that you loved in your twenties, and mm. you go, "Oh, I used to skip this song and this song all the time when I was mm. twenty. Mm. Now this is my favorite song on the mm. record." You know yeah. that I'm this age. I don't know. I just feel that there are so many books that. You know, I read, and I get to say, "Oh, I read such and such. I read Ulysses. I read whatever it is." But once is not enough, right? Re- re- mm. Reading is rereading, yeah. and I just I think, "Oh man, why do I have to sweat and curse to make a living? Why can't I just lie in bed reading all rereading books mm. all day?" Mm. But on the other hand, we need to read new books, mm. or else there won't be any no, new no. books anymore, right? Yeah, yeah. But, I mean. It- Nabokov said a, a good reader is a rereader, yeah. you know. And um, yeah, again, I, I, as I got older, now 58, I start thinking, oh God, I haven't read that now for 15 years or 20 years. Have I really read it? Right. You, know, yeah. it, it you know, I need to go back. And um, yeah, again, I, I mean, I said, it's just like, I, 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 with the pandemic and everything, I did go back and read Tolstoy and um, lots of Shakespeare. But um, with, with Tolstoy, I said, if that one... The, the, and the relationship with his brother, uh, with one brother in particular, and, and I, I remember also in War and Peace, there's one character, Princess Andre's father, who's kind of cantankerous. But now I recognise that person, mm. you know, which I didn't see the last right. time. Um, and they, they're, they're kind of, you, I mean, sometimes also when you're young, you you come to things too early, like you know. Sure. I, I, may, I told you before because I, when I, I didn't know who to read, and I was from Nottingham, so I thought, oh, D. H. Lawrence. So I start reading D. H. Lawrence, which is about sexuality and love and and, and perverse sexual wrestling and stuff and wrestling na- naked men, and it, this is at a point when not only have I never had a girlfriend, I haven't even spoken to a woman. You're like, so uh, what am I going to pick up from this? And I may have told you before. I, I, I remember being completely lost when Mellors Mellors slowly slowly stroked her flanks. And I, that was it. I was just, what on earth is he talking about? <laughs> what is he trying to do? Yes, I mean, you know, but you, you come to something thinking, I, I have yeah. no idea what's happening here. You sure. Know? 
Um, but then you think you've read it. You yes, read it down I, in your books. Read read, yeah, yeah, I read D. H. Lawrence. I wasn't that impressed on Lawrence. You know, yes, I could, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but but then I, I, now I feel guilty if I ha- if I think oh, I d- didn't really properly read. It. And also yeah. the experience of going back like a Jane Austen and getting the gist and the great plotting, and the second time going back and thinking, hang on, she's criticising every, she's nasty. Yeah, yeah. I missed all of that. Yeah, you know? it's the same thing with movies too, right? Yeah. The first time, I don't know about you, but I'm always worried I'm not going to follow the story correctly, yeah, yeah. so I'm sort of paranoid about what's yeah, happening. Yeah, yeah. Is that, you know, who yeah. kidnapped, who, is it the thing? Yeah. Where's the thing? It's only this, after it's all been played out, then I could go back and watch it again and enjoy what a beautifully set up shot, yeah, you know, yeah. or great acting in this particular, you know, yeah. without worrying about, the, yeah. you know, which I think goes for books too. Yeah. You know, you need to go back mm-hmm. to these things. Um, good books you can as well. Y- yes. Yeah. Infinitely I, rewarding. I, I don't think. mind. I mean, look, I think there's like airport books or something that you can read on a flight and sure. that, that kind of thing, but you never, you know, I, I like a lot of detective stories where I've got great plotting, but you go back and there's no prose there, you know? You yeah. Know, yeah. So. There's nothing to sink your teeth no, into. No. Yeah. Whereas, Oh, I don't know. Ulysses, I guess mm. there's something there. Um, all right, last final question here. Uh, you and I don't always agree no. about books or writers, and you're still mystified, I think, by my Kerouac obsession, and I'm not quite as gung-ho about Ulysses as you are, uh, but we usually do. Yeah. The question is, to what extent <laughs> do you judge people on their literary tastes and the books on their bookshelves. I shouldn't, but I do. Yeah. Because I've re- recently been looking at occasions people on the internet, like um, trying to, uh, you know, I'm bookish and my, hello, my bookish friends. And when one starts going, and uh, I never cared for Martin Amos, never even liked the look of him. You know, and you say, hang on, have you read him? You know, yeah, and immediately, <laughs> and if they then say, and one of my favorite writers is Dostoevsky, right? We're skipping that one. Yeah. You know, you, you, I, I, I now don't think I can actually. I have any confidence in any of your opinions at all. Yeah. You know, I just can't. You've just lost me. So, yeah, I'm a snob, I'm afraid. How about you, Mr. Connor? You drink, don't you? Alcohol, I mean. Oh, a little. A, li- a little. And you a writer? Read your early literary um, okay, man. efforts. Okay, man. When you're only seven. <clears throat> All right. Well, the first thing. Yeah. <laughs> the holy what? The Hardy Boys. Oh, the Hardy. So the holy bo- body. That, no. That's what <laughs> During my my early religious phase. Yes. Now, are you familiar with the Hardy Boys? Only through you. Okay. okay. Not in England. I think we were like uh, Enid Blyton. Um, well, the Hardy Boys. I don't know when they first came out. I think in the 30s or something, sort of early on. But then it was, they were reprinted later when I was a kid. The Hardy Boys adventures are about two brothers, Joe and Frank Hardy. Their father's a detective. Mm. And they have many exciting adventures that every single time connect with the case their father is working on, you know. Uh, Anyway, they were sort of easy to read and action-packed and, you know... I think the original, yeah, 66 uh, different adventures, starting with number one, The Tower Treasure, which, you which is you. this one yeah. here. Uh, other exciting, you know, The Missing Chums, 
I had to wear chums. Yeah, me too. The sinister signpost, the twisted claw, the clue of the broken blade, the secret of Wildcat Swamp. Anyway, I love these books, and uh, I love the Tower Treasure. So what I did was plagiarize it almost, com you know, 100%. Great, two or three or four. I'm not exactly mm. sure. Can you describe? Like, it is, it's just, it's a bit of, uh, what do you call it, cardboard? It is open, yeah. But with the Hardy Boys by Jason MD. Right. Not by Franklin. Or not Dixon. just the Hardy. Yes, I should mention yes. that it's, they were written or at least attributed to Franklin W. Dixon. Right. I have a feeling that they're, there may have been a Franklin W. Dixon in the beginning, and then they were found oh, yeah. out, to, or there may never have been a. I'm yeah. not really sure. And the heart, in first page is a, 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 a photograph. It looks like maybe gold. A drawing. The, the mystery of the stolen treasure. Yes. Is that how you spell treasure? <laughs> yeah, T-R-E-A-S-E-R. -E yes. <laughs> Sorry, the mystery of the stolen trousers or something. <laughs> That's what it looks right. like. Yes. With This looks like a footlocker full of coins. Yes. Or yeah. Yes. treasure presumably yes, i assume yes so i go to the next page what's happening here i think it's the table of contents on the left hand side oh. now i believe it's chapter one the missing car or the micing car yes uh the stick up chapter two the stick up yes. chapter three the robbery yes. chapter four the search but that's been <laughs> crossed out you can get to that basically. well i think i gave up and by jason md let's check if they connect with the actual Tower Treasure chapter titles, which are The Speed Demon, The Hold Up, The Threat, Red versus Yellow, The Hunt is Intensified, The Robbery, The Arrest. So at least the chapter titles are original. Okay. So chapter one, The Mycing Car. Yes. Joe and Frank just woke up. They got dressed and went downstairs to have breakfast. Their dad was not there. And there is T-H-E-R-E. -E. Yeah. Their dad was not there. They asked their mother. She said that he went over to Chet's house. So they finished breakfast and went to their motorcycles and went over to Chet's house. And their dad was there. Well, I've really set the scene. Chet told them that his car was missing, but spelled M-I-S-I-N-G. Chet liked his car very much. It had a nice code of yellow. Should that be code? I believe so. Okay. That night, the Hardy Boys stayed at Chet's house for supper. They sort of jumped in time there, like, I'm not sure what I'm up to. Just as they sat down, the phone rang, and Chet answered it, and he came back shaking and could hardly speak. But he let them know that he had been threatened. Threatened! Joe cried out. Just then, Frank said, follow me. And they ran out the door, and then he explained what he had seen. Somebody ran across the grass. We'll spread out and find him. Wheel spelled W-H-E-E-L. Oh, it should be wheel. Yeah. Okay, sorry. It's only in grade two or three, man. Joe looked in the barn. Come here! They ran to the barn, and there on the floor lay a man's gray wig. Mm -hmm. mm. Very intriguing. And then it goes on to the rubbery. You've yet to uh, also do with a uh, cliffhanger. Yes, but there's a... Can you do... Isn't there a picture of the... The wig? Of them in the barn, yes. Yes. Can you describe the picture there, Tom? It's a barn, is it? It's it's two people. There's clearly, clearly bales of oh, is that hay. I didn't know there was these these. these um, you ever been in a barn? Yeah, but I didn't know what these like yellow triangles were. They're obviously hay. Um, not triangles. 
Rectangle. I'm sorry, rectangle. Squares. squares. Squares, my God. <laughs> I, might, I don't even know my shapes. Do I? This is rectangular and, and squarish. There's two people who I'm assuming are the I'm, two Hardy Boys. Yeah, Joe, blonde hair, and Frank. And I believe this is the chum, Chet. Chet. Yes. Chet. And is that thing on the floor yes. a wig? Yes. Clearly modelled oh. after the original illustration yes. in the book here, right? Very clearly. Yes. You know? <laughs> Especially the wig. Yes. All right. Good drawing for a seven-year-old. Thanks. Okay. So that's the end of uh, chapter one, The Missing Car. Now we go right into the sticker. Mm. Frank ran up and picked it up and took out a magnifying glass. There were no marks in it. I have an idea, said Frank. Let's go to the police first of all. So they got on the motorcycles and went to the police and told Officer Colleague about the stolen car. Now again, he's right from the from the book, book C-O-L-L-I-G, Officer Colleague. Then the phone rang. Frank and Joe listened to the person who was taking, although I assume that should be talking. Yeah. Officer Colleague hung up. There's been a stick up. Someone tried to hold up the ferry office. Ferry spelled F-A-I-R-Y. Yes. <laughs> Someone tried to hold up the ferry office, Tom. Oh dear. Cancelled again. Which has a different meaning. <laughs> I asked him what color the color the car was, and he said it was yellow. That's my car, Chet cried out. Wait, Chet, said Joe. Was it a jalopy? said Frank. Officer colleague said, He never Crash! The door flew open. Hello! Officer colleague! This is Smuff! Officer colleague, are you here? Yes I am. I have some clues. What kind of clues? Footprints and handprints, said Smuff. We're not sure. Okay. The robbery. We already have too much. That, I guess that means they have too many clues already. Oh, right. <laughs> too much of what? We, have, we already have too much clues. Well, I'll be seeing you later, said Smuff, and went out the door. Then, the, uh, then two hardies said goodbye and left. They went to their motorcycles and started home. Tomorrow we have to go to school, said Frank. When they got back home, they told their dad about the mystery that they were working on. Okay, Tom, as far as you can understand, what is the mystery they're working on so far? I'm not sure. A wig. I, I, I forgot what, what happened. There was a stick-up as well that may be involved with a wig. Yeah, and someone stole Chet's car. You're right. There's also that. Also, Chet was threatened. So, it's quite a big case. Pay attention, Tom. Sorry. The next day, there was something on the radio. Joe and Frank listened. This is what they heard. There has been a robbery at the Tower Mansion. They didn't want to go to school now. They talked their mum into not going to school. When they were going down the sidewalk, there was a big crowd. They pushed their way through. All of that is misspelled. Yes. There was a big poster hanging on the wall. It said, $1,000 who captures the thief who stole the loot. Loot spelled L-U-T-E. <laughs> <laughs> Not sure that's what I meant. <laughs> on the radio! That was on the radio, Joe said. They walked on farther. They got to the tower. Mr. Applegate let them in. They had a long talk about the stolen loot. When they got home, their dad was all packed up. They were just about to ask where he was going, but they shut their mouth. Their mother spoke up. He is going to New York. Can we go, Dad? I guess you can come. It's pretty easy going. Mm -hmm. 
but we have to hurry because the plane will be here in a minute. So they rushed to the airport and got on the plane. They had a drink and something to eat, and then the plane landed. Very quickly, which is really fortunate. You don't send a little... Uh, uh, yes, not at all. They went to the police station and looked in the files of criminals. First they looked in the files of tall men, and then small men, and then in between. That's quite good. It's clever sleuthing, actually. Yeah. That's, yeah. That is, that could be a good Smith's line, don't you think? I looked, I looked in the files of tall men, and then small men, and then in between men. Yes. Uh, they found one called Red Jakey. They found his locker room and went inside. There on a stool sat a little plump man. He turned around. It looked like he was going to act as a clown. When he saw them, he jumped up and ran out the door. He wised past W-I-Z-E-D, but I believe that should be whizzed. I thought whizzed as well. He whizzed past them. They stayed still for a minute. Then they turned around and followed him, and then he ran back to his locker room and locked the door. Well, do you want to see the show? I guess so. And it ends there. Hardy Boys, The Mystery of the Stolen Treasure. So, it doesn't quite conclude, does it? No, it doesn't. It doesn't quite. Not at all. I'm not sure. I think I... Because you see this page here. Yeah. This is the clown. I believe these are supposed to be whirling lights and the audience. Ah. This is Red Jakey doing a clown show. Oh, yes. And then on the opposite page is Joe and Frank. And then just as the Hardy Boys did. I think I abandoned it possibly out of exhaustion yes. or time or something. But it stops there. How old were you though? Again, grade two or three or four. So seven, eight or nine, somewhere Still in there. It's quite good. I mean, yeah, Apart because, from the fact that it's all plagiarized. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I know because... It, it had momentum, and then you, know, you, know, you, you sometimes I just think at that age I go and 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 and, and, and yeah. all the time, you know, nothing else. All right. Uh, the other thing I have here again these. Uh, I, my brother, he dug them out of some filing cabinet. Yeah. Uh, so this is my summer journal. Again, another nice cover. Yes. You know, clearly. And whoever wrote summer journal, Jason M.D., not me. No, it looks like an adult hat. And the first, uh, but the first entry is June 27th, 1978. Uh, so I would have been six, almost seven. I would have thought a little older. Because I only put a date in the past, would you? No, no. Yeah. I'm just thinking, can you can you write like this? The truth is also we wrote a lot anyway because we didn't have computers and, and this keyboards. This is true, yeah. So what's the shock is sometimes when I, I found some old notes or old university notes and my handwriting was so good. Yeah. You know, it's deteriorated. I mean, with Since, age, but also the right. fact that I don't write with a pen. Anymore, I'd never write letters to people. You know, nobody, except for one friend, who's now you know, getting quite old. But the, but it is the writing is very neat. I'd be very pleased if yeah. students wrote like that. Well, let's see what I have to say. Oh yeah, I may not be pleased with what I hear. <laughs> June twenty seventh, nineteen seventy eight. This is my summer journal. I will try to print interesting sentences about my summer activities. 
since I'm still trying to do this. <laughs> July 1st, 1978. I was writing a letter. It was not fun at all because I had to think of what I was going to print. I had to think a lot because I did a whole page full today. That is, I did another whole page yesterday, I think. Or wasn't it? <laughs> hmm. Or wasn't it? I kind of like that. So I'm already struggling with writing. Yes. I, a whole page. Uh, let's see if things are better on July 2nd, 1978. I was feeling sick today. I even threw up, and that's no fun. Mm. Wow. He had a lot more of that to look forward to. Yeah, no, yes. Young, young Jason MD. Okay. July 3rd, 1978. I went to sea in search of the castaways. I believe that's an animated, like a Disney movie, I think. You know, you're a movie guy, Tom. Mm. See, if, see if you enjoy my analysis here. I went to sea in search of the castaways. It was very, very good. There are five people who were looking for a castaway. Those five people were two men a teenager, and a boy, and a girl that were about 10 years old. I will tell you a funny part. See, the five people were in a prison, and they found an old man in the prison, and he had a rope hidden under the floor. So they climbed out and climbed to the ground. But the bad guys so then and climbed down too. Oh, I guess that's probably saw them yeah. and climbed down too. But the old man told the five people to run and he stayed behind and got some rocks and made a fire with the rope. And then you should have seen them climb up that rope. They were even climbing over each other. Ah, this is comedy goal. Today is a sunny day and a bit windy. It is the 13th of July and I will have my birthday in 12 more days. Just 12 more days. And we will go to the pizza patio. I will get the Daredevil sports van. But that's spelled D-E-A-R, D-E-V-E-L. The deer. Deer. Devel, which is a pretty good porno name. <laughs> uh, it has a parachute guy and a van and a motorcycle and a canoe. It'll be a lot of fun with it. And another guy can drive the motorcycle. Oh, yeah. It, was it some kind of toy? Yeah, yeah. It's like action figures. August 1st, 1978. I, few weeks ago, was my birthday, and I had fun, a lot of fun. We went to Pizza Patio. I should explain, Pizza Patio was a pizza restaurant in our hometown with what <laughs> unstodgy pizzas. <laughs> but if it was your birthday, you got to go into the kitchen, mm -hmm. don Pizza Patio paper cap and apron, and make a pizza, right? Big deal in those mm -hmm. days. And then we went to the beach, and I got some nice presents from Neil. I got a superhero stamp album. It is very neat because there is the world's greatest superheroes in the book. Well, not all of them are. Like, there is two pages in the book that has them. And underwater, <laughs> that seems a bit bitchy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Neil did his best. Yeah. I've even drawn a picture, sort of, of the superhero yeah. book, I think. But I'm clearly dissatisfied. <laughs> Uh, underwater mask and a snorkel. It is a different kind of snorkel. I will show you. So this picture makes no sense that no. I can figure out. But it's meant to be a snorkel. A, a mask and a snorkel, yeah. And I got a Darth Vader mask and cape. I got Metal Man and some cards and a model. You, what age did you see then the Star Wars? 
That's a very astute question. Because the very next entry, mm. August 10th, 1978, I went to see Star Wars. Oh, sorry. <laughs> sorry I, some, I apologize for interrupting. No. August 10th, 1978. Okay. I went to see Star Wars. It was very good. Again, I'm bringing that yeah. precision. I went with my cousin Jonathan and my friend Neil. I guess he's been yes, he's forgiven for the crap birthday <laughs> present. I saw a part that R2 and Luke and C-3PO were out in the hills of sand and he was looking around and he turned around and there was a sand person and he had a fight. Yeah, that's the most uh, clearly. I've seen the film, but uh, uh, I saw it about 22 years after it was... Because um, you were waiting for the hype to yeah, die down. I was, it never did. I was like, uh, <laughs> and also uh, people just get to say to me, you've got to see it, come on, you can't. Uh, I can't remember that scene. Ah. But I haven't actually watched it since, I'm afraid. It's just before... Obi-Wan comes out, you know, Luke is attacked by one of the sand people and not. Okay. They impressed you a lot of the time. Yes, clearly. That's... Now, see if you can... <laughs> the next entry here, Tom, see if you can see what I've done. Right. It's subtle. Right. August 25th, 1978. A few days ago, I went to the game farm. Now, this was in Penticton, so it's down the valley from Vernon. A few days ago, I went to the game farm and my mom saw her best animal. It was a snowy owl, and I saw a rattlesnake, and I saw a cheetah, tiger, yo, yo. loin. <laughs> it could it's, actually be read, expose himself to could be read as tiger loin, <laughs> yeah. or just a loin, <laughs> and a bear cub, and some rabbits, and a bobcat. And I heard that a new llama was born. I saw uh, African cattle. I was scared when I saw its horns. And there were zebras, and I saw a rhinoceros, and when I saw the tiger, it was eating some meat. And I saw a yak, and I saw a big, big buffalo. A otter was there, and we hoped he would go down his slide into the water. And we saw two dingoes, and two wolves, and emu eggs, and an emu, and an ostrich, skunk, fisher, badger, white elk, bull snake, bald eagle, mule deer, Canada goose, donkey, Black buck, antelope, grizzly bear, North American black bear, mute swan, moose, and lots more. Like a lynx, peacock, wild turkey, mandarin duck, ruddy shell duck, muscovy duck, white bearded new, thin horn sheep, rocky mountain sheep, stone sheep, doll sheep, Japanese shika deer, wild boar, guinea hen, pheasant, golden pheasant, and lots more. Lots more! What do you think happened there? Two, one of two things. Either <laughs> you got the like the farm's pamphlet, or you started to read uh, Walt Whitman. <laughs> yeah, it was the first. What was it? Ah. <laughs> just copying out of the pamphlet because it's all it's, it's, it's like all spelled yeah correctly. Is it? Yes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's amazing. The child would remember or know all these things. But not bad because yes. it filled up a lot of pages. On yes, the, you know. Yeah, Japanese shika deer. Then there's a, there's a, what is the literary term, Tom? A lacuna? Yes. Suddenly, dinosaurs. Dinosaur means terrible lizard. It is a Greek word. The king dinosaur, or the most ferocious, I, it says feros. Yeah, but ferocious. Ferocious, was Tyrannosaurus rex, which means king. It was as tall as a streetlight. It had long, powerful legs with very big claws. It stood upright because its front legs were very small. Its long tail helped it balance. Its teeth were as sharp as razors. Nearly every dinosaur would run when he came lumbering out of the forest. 
That's quite literary. But not Triceratops. It was a horned animal. It did not run away from a fight. I'm not sure. It's from maybe a slightly later date. Now it jumps ahead to uh, 1980. And now I'm writing in cursive. Oh, yes. Which, do people learn that anymore? I don't think I can write in cursive anymore. No, I don't think so either. I've got to print never do. for yeah. students and people to make sure it's clear. But this is an exciting entry from 1980. So I'm eight going on nine, I suppose. In a few days, I'm going to have a magic show. It will cost five cents to get in. I don't know what that would be in. It sounds quite cheap. It's quite cheap. It's like five yen, which would make it what in shillings. There will be refreshments and it will last half an hour. There will be three tricks. That's not a bad deal for five cents. Mm -hmm. Refreshments and half an hour and three tricks. <laughs> and it's stodgy pizza. 1980, uh, April 21st. On Friday, I watched the Dukes of Hazard. Now, did you? Did that ever make its it, way to... It did. I mean, it was weird. <laughs> but, um, really? I, I think... We all watch it because the woman in, in cut-off yes. jeans. Yeah, that, yeah, that, Daisy Duke. Yeah, probably that's the only reason. Otherwise, it made no sense to British people. If she wasn't in it, I don't think anybody would watch it, honestly. Did you get chips? We did. The two guys, isn't it? One yeah, yeah, blonde, yeah. one dark-haired. Yeah, yeah. Yes. So did you get all that crap? Yeah. Was it around, was it delayed or was it at the same time? Do you know? And it's usually delayed. Like a you year or two? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they'd probably show so what did you to... make of the Dukes of Hazard? No, I mean, I think it was just... <laughs> I wasn't that into it, and I think... I, it was but maybe the girl with the tight top yeah, and, sure. and uh, cut-off jeans was the only thing I ever remembered. And then it made no sense. And I didn't you know they were very, like, deep south. And the Confederacy mm. flag and stuff. The car was... It's called the General Lee. Oh, my God. <laughs> there were such innocent times. Yes, they? they were. Yeah. So on Friday, I watched The Dukes of Hazzard. It, it, <laughs> it was when Bo takes the, the car leap and does the leap for life. Tomorrow, The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe. 1980, June 6th. So, jumped a bit. Yeah, but that's almost, what's that, 42 years ago, oh, almost to the God, day. Sorry, man. Today after school we are going to go to creative chaos. It was lots of, it was lots of last year. <laughs> I like that. Cool. It was lots of last chaos. year. Yeah. Well, creative chaos was this held in the rec center downtown, and you could go and they had just popsicle sticks and glitter, and you could just go make stuff and you know do whatever you want. It was lots of last year. That's what it was. Mm. Last year, me and Steve went there, and we went in the stuffing scarecrow contest. We didn't win. Today's the last day of the week. <laughs> well done. Today is the day when the Empire Strikes Back Star Wars 2 should come to Vernon, but it will get here on Friday. And then that's the end of uh, my summer journal. But Either Curtis or Allison picked it up and said, oh, unused pages here. <laughs> Somebody tried to write the Ninja Mysteries. Um, and then, you can, as you can see, there's just nothing much. So you gave up writing for thoughts, I guess.
What do you like about reading? It's got some. It is exhilarating, is it? You know, I mean, at its best, uh, I love the language. I just like. We said the great writers. That's it. You just read a paragraph, and you are. It's wonderful. You're not alone. It, yeah. it, it hel yes. helps you understand yourself better. It's wonderful escapism, the best, because the great writers, you can suddenly become part of Russian aristocratic society at the time of the Napoleonic Wars. Mm -hmm. You know, you can be at a at a literary soiree with Marcel Proust. You know, in 1800s France. So all these things were amazing as well. But why not do do that all that stuff with movies or or music, which you can also do? I don't know. I, I, maybe uh, music is great, but possibly films. You see, the strange thing with films. I know also theatre, but there may be a slight distance there, created. Whereas in a book, you you suddenly escape, and you're completely immersed in the world because it's private. Because you're in your room yeah. by yourself. But the witty happens straight in your head. I mean, yeah, and you get to be the person, and at times you become these different characters. Yeah, right? and, and at times I think most people would like to escape from themselves and be somebody else. You know? Do you think it makes you a better person if you're a reader? Yes. <laughs> no, I, I, you know, I'm a totalitarian. I, I force people at gunpoint to read books. You know, you've got to read this. You know, um, I, I, absolutely. You know, I. Um, I just think you. I'm look. I'm no. I'm I'm flawed. But I, I think I, I, as bad as I am, I'd, I'd be far worse without having read. You know, I, I can speak better. I can think better. I was unemployable with the lowest self-esteem on earth. You know, um, hidden away in my bedroom. You know, looking like I'd never get a job. And, and I eventually went to a good university to study English and philosophy. That would never have happened if I'd never picked up a book. And, and, and God knows Japan. Where, yeah. Guy. I, and at times when you, I'm on a train, you know, I was with my train with a friend Raymond who went to school with, and I got thinking, two shit kickers from a, a, a rough area of Nottingham. What are we doing here? You know, mm. books got me here. You know, uh, but, but, you know, um, books got you to the Temple of the Golden Pavilion. Yes, yeah. you know, in front of the the the, the um, Hiroshima's. Yeah. Um, so it, it changed for, for all those things, which was kind of wonderful. Okay. Well, Tom, thank you. Thank you very much. Thank you. The pleasure, the privilege was mine. <laughs> Thanks for coming on season finale. And uh, so your season went out with a whimper rather yes, than a bang. It, 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 yes. To quote that poet we both dislike. Yes, I hit. Another one. Yes. I mean, when we start bludgeoning people, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> we won't be able to stop. Proofrock is a, is a poem I kind of almost forgiven for, but not the rest of the story. No. Do you think if we had a time machine, we would just go back and start? Yes. We go. Oh, how much time do we, we've got? Twenty-four hours. Yes, look, we've got, we've got, we've okay. got Dostoevsky or, 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 or Hitler. <laughs> Dostoevsky. Let's get that bastard first. <laughs> I think if there's about, time left over, yeah. we'll get baby Hitler. Hitler. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think we have a priority. <laughs> I think you're right. Cheers, man. And just on a personal note, I I love talking about books with you. It's so great to. I've met you, someone who loves books in the same way that I do, that we sometimes we're rendered inarticulate yeah. just because we love a book so much yeah. and we can't explain it. We're drunk in some alley. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just, it's, uh, yeah. I love that. A lot of people I know don't read, don't care. And the first time we met, because I, I, I'd seen you with Amos, I said, 
did you read that? You know what my name is? Yes. Oh my god! And then suddenly we it was like an injection of yeah, yeah, drugs yeah. or something. We were like suddenly high. I guess for other people that's sports or whatever. Yeah. Same. I mean, don't you have that whole thing in Warzone with the colors that you wear to a soccer game? Yeah, what yeah, team you're on? And right. if you're at the wrong train station with the wrong colors, you're in you're deep dead, trouble. Yeah, you're in big trouble. That's how life should be with literature. Yeah, yeah, yeah. With the lone Dostoevsky. <laughs> <laughs> Waiting for a train. Yes, quick, let's give him. He goes to the toilet. Let's give him a good kicking. <laughs> like that scene in Train Spotting. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Thanks, man. Cheers. Yeah. See you. Thank you very much. Okay, Bye. man. Bye. Bye. <laughs> Many, many thanks to Tom. Uh, that's essentially what we do every time we get together, have a few cans and talk about books and writers. It's really good to have somebody like that in your life. So thanks again, Tom. Thanks also to Wayne MD for the artwork, uh, Joe MD for help with the intro, and the explosive DJ Max in Tokyo for the music. Which, I have to say, I like more and more all the time. It's great. Thanks, Max. So this is the season finale. Uh, I would like to thank everybody who's listened over the past year or so. It's been really gratifying. Uh, it's been really super cool to, you know, to see that people are listening in Argentina and Romania and, and Germany and Australia, where they call it dynasty all over the place it's great met a lot of groovy people really enjoyed it so far the show will be back in september with more extraordinarily creative people uh, letting us have a look at some of their early efforts it's gonna be great so see you then cheers